latest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Two things are going to happen tonight when I defend my intercontinental title against a macho man. You tell him, baby. You tell him, honky. <laughs> Number one, I'm going to shake, rattle, and roll you, macho man, and leave you curled up in the ring like a pretzel. Humiliate him, baby. Humiliate him. And number two, I'm going to steal your woman. I know she likes a honky-tonk man. She wants to be with me. She likes the way I walk. She likes the way I talk. And she likes a winner. <laughs> Freaked out. Freaked out. That dime store Elvis impersonator has uttered his last insults ever about the macho man Randy Savage and Elizabeth. Yeah. And Macho Madness is ready tonight more than any time before. Honky Tonk Man, you got a big mouth. Yeah, the Macho Man Randy Savage in front of Saturday night's main event and zillions of people all around the world. I'm gonna shut it for you! Hollywood Dave Paula. He has a new job and a lot of stuff been happening this summer. Sad. His dog died. God bless Ruby. Rest in <laughs> peace, Ruby. Yes. We miss you, Ruby. And he will be back next Sunday. Segment. Yeah, in the next segment, Dave will join us to kind of yeah. catch up. But what's your name? Paula. And what's my name? Steve. And what podcast is this? The 24 Podcast. Season 2, Episode 2, Finally. After eight or nine long months away, we are back. And the first seven months are on me, unfortunately. I know some of you that either listen to the sportscasters or follow along on our social media know that I was pretty sick. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Now, because the listeners need to know. And unfortunately, shortly after we recorded the first episode of the season, uh, I got really ill. And uh, I went to the hospital on an ambulance, and um, yeah, they put an NG tube in and tried to drain a blockage that I had, and it didn't work. And on February 7th, I had my fourth bowel reconstruction, and when it was finished, they had to put a temporary ileostomy bag in. No. Yep. And then I came home, but then I got a bad infection, had to spend three more weeks in the hospital. Yep, and then when I came back, my surgeon got leukemia. He was sick for, or excuse me, not leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is what he had. He's better now. But finally, on June 17th, I had the temporary ileostomy reversed, and I've been feeling better since. Basically, I spent 60 days in the hospital over three separate visits. I had two surgeries. I had an ileostomy bag for 130 days. Uh, I had a visiting nurse uh, during that whole time, and I also had... The heroic Paula the Mini Nurse. Yes. I wouldn't be here without her. She did a great job taking care of her dad, and I love her so much for it. Thanks, baby. And if you want, we'll be posting a picture of Teddy Belly to see all the scars. 
that he has. Yeah, if someone wants to see, I'd be glad to send yeah. it to you. Yeah, sure. I don't know if we want to post that. They might take it down for indecent exposure or something. How was it for you, honey? Was it hard? Yes, it was very hard. Like, yeah. I had school, uh-huh. and I was just trying to hold it back. Hold it back. Hold it back. Hold what back? What do you mean? Your like, emotions? Yeah. Yeah. Because I was in, I was like, I was trying to get, like, I was only little. Yeah, you're five years old. Yeah. And then six. And now I'm six, and I can hold my emotion back, like, pretty good. Yeah. Well, you did a great job, and you took ter- care of Dad very well. Mm-hmm. And there was one point in there where we tried to record some stuff, and we did, like, one or two segments, but... It just wasn't going to work, so we took a step back, and we waited for things to heal, and then when I healed, that's when Paula alluded to, things kind of started going crazy for Dave. He's going to talk about that more in another segment, but the most important thing to know now is that Dave has a new work location, and the way we used to record the last segment is Dave would go out in his car during lunch break, and Paula, Dave, and I would record together. Right now, that's not going to happen. Now... On the next show, we should be all together because of Columbus Day. Yay! So we should be able to record a little something that day, hopefully, uh, with Dave having the day off and Paula having the day off. But on the times that Dave and Paula aren't available together, Paula and I will record the first segment together. Then Dave will join for segment two, three, and four. And there's another thing that we had to talk about. Yeah, what's that, honey, buddy? Uh... Dave's dog also passed away. Yeah, we mentioned that Ruby passed away. God bless yeah. Ruby. Rest in peace. And that was really difficult on Dave. But we'll let Dave tell his truth and his story uh, in the next segment. Now, the good news is I'm feeling much better, uh, doing much better. The 24-inch podcast is back today. Mm-hmm. The Sportscasters podcast has been back for a few weeks. Um, so I'm back in the groove there. I was a guest on the Place to Be Nation podcast, episode 608. So I'm doing other people's shows. I'm doing my show. We're back. I'm feeling better. Paula's doing great. Mm-hmm. She's in the first grade now. Dave is doing much better after kind of a tough summer. Like I said, he'll tell his truth. But we're here tonight for episode 12 of Saturday Night's Main Event. It was yeah. the season premiere in 1987, October Woo! of 87. Woo! How old do you think Dad was in 1987? 19? No. Six. Close. Seven years old. Uh, Seven years old. And uh, I remember having to tape this episode and watch it the next day. I know Dave watched it uh, live. And Paula and I watched it the other day. Yeah. Yeah, we watched the epic match between the Macho Man and the Honky Tonk Man. What happened in that match, baby? The Honky Tonk Man got passed out. (laughs) Yeah. And what did he do to Elizabeth? He pushed him. Pushed Elizabeth down? And the Mega Powers came to life! Yeah, the Mega Powers <laughs> were born that day. Who did Hulk wrestle? One of your favorite guys who loves to eat live chickens. Kamala. Sika. 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 Kamala and Sika have the same name, so I'm trying to Yeah, and to they, have kim- they both have kimchi. Yeah, right? Uh, but Hulk faces Sika. The Heart Foundation uh, wrestle the Young Stallions. Uh, so we'll talk about the matches later. Also, the Pile Driver video debuted. Sing us a line of Pile Driver. Pile Driver, that's the only Yeah, Pile Driver. I'm kind of learning how to snap. You're kind of learning how to snap? All right, I like it. What else do you want to tell the listeners? 
been a long time. Oh, we got to thank the listeners who donated to the Color Rush. Thanks so much to Randy Krupski. I know he donated. Tell him thank you. Thank you so much. What are you going to get for those donations? Prizes. Yeah, a lot of prizes, right? You met the $500 goal. Yes. And it's thanks to people on this podcast who listened to it and love you and helped out. So thank you very much to everyone who donated for Paul's fundraiser. We appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah. And the school trying to get a reading vending machine. And guess what? What's that? My teacher is Italian. Yeah, and that, what month is this month? Italian month. Italian American Heritage Month, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so we'll be celebrating that all month. Everyone, every single host on this podcast is Italian. Dave, Paula, and myself are all Italian Americans, and we celebrate Italian American Heritage Month this month. So, uh, shout out to my nurse, uh, Nurse Beth, for taking care of me this summer. Shout out to Tammy and Paula who really did the hard work. Shout out to Dr. Adams, who cut me open and stitched Woo! me back together. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks to all of you who hung in there with us and waited. Thanks to Hollywood Dave and Paul and my partners on this show for hanging in with me. We appreciate it. And we're just really excited to be back and to be doing this podcast again. Now, if you have any questions for Paula, uh, email us, 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. And wait up. Yeah. Did we tell the wizard yet that I'm doing cheer? <gasps> You're doing cheer? Tell him about it. Paul's a cheerleader now. So me and my cousin Parker are, he's football playing, I'm cheerleading. Yeah. What's your team's name? The Cubs. North Tonawanda Cubs. Mm-hmm. And what movie did you watch to kind of get in the groove and get ready for football season? We learned a new movie from the 90s, actually. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. I know it. Little what? Little Giants. Little, Little Giants. Giants. Yeah, the Icebox, right? Icebox, my favorite. And she was your favorite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how do you think you're doing? Can you do a cheer for the listeners or no? Mm-hmm. What's your one? H-E-L-L-O. The many cubs say hello. Maybe small, but we're full of might. Spirit and passion, we put up a fight. Determined to win, to the top we will rise. Taking the title, no surprise. Yell, whore, the red, blue, white. Fight, cause fight. Woo, nice job, Peanuts. Good job. Anything else you want to tell the listeners? I know, the Paula Pod been a long time. Yeah, we're working on a new podcast yeah. called The Paula Pod. Paula's going to be the host of that one. Uh, we have some stuff recorded. Paul got busy, but I think once this one goes yeah. up, we'll probably get an episode of Paul Pod up soon. Yeah. And that'll be on this feed as well. If you're interested, it'll be there. You can listen to it if you'd like. And please give me 1,000 likes because I'm only six. <laughs> you want to go viral on it? You need one. Th- I'm only little. Yeah, so be nice to the girl, right? Yeah, that, uh, don't give me like two likes, please. Anything else you want to say about the wrestling show we're covering tonight? Um, the mega powers we should be talking about right now, duh, because this they came to life today. Yeah, the big handshake. Mm-hmm. It, Hulk Hogan was like, yeah, he wasn't sure at first. Should he shake his hand? Should he hit him? What should he do? Right? Yeah, and the listener said, shake his hand. Yeah, shake his hand. Yeah, and, and he did. It. And he did, and the mega powers were born. And we already did the Mega Powers exploded, 
So why should we do that? No, after? we haven't done that yet. I think we did. No, we didn't. We're saving that one. Woo. Sorry about that, listeners. <laughs> yeah. I have a bad memory. Spoiler alert. <laughs> the Mega <Magna> Powers <laughs> explode. <laughs> what did you think of Elizabeth on this episode? She was very funny. Yeah. And I think when Elizabeth, like, shaked her hand, they were, she was, like... Oh, happy, right? Yeah. You called it when she ran off. You knew what she was doing, didn't you? Yeah. Although, like, Hulk Hogan got it to make it they're happening. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you think of Hulk's match? How did you think he did? I said he did good, I think. Yeah. Beat, beat Sika, no problem, right? One, two, three, right in the center. Yeah. So, good. Good show. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. It's going to be Hollywood Dave and I. And we're going to look at Hershey Arena. And we're going to go through Sika's bio. Hershey Arena, where this event was. What did I tell you about it? Uh, Daddy played hockey school. Yeah, I worked at the hockey school there. Yep, in 2006, the summer of 2006. <laughs> Ten years before Paula was born. Wow. Yep, one decade before her birth. So Dave and I will be back. We'll go over those things, and we'll take a break. Uh, then in the C block, we're going to read the news from Wait. October of 87. Wait a second. Yes. There's something that I... I need to tell the listeners. All right, tell them. About my teacher. Okay. Ms. My Akata. teacher is Italian. Yeah. And she's getting married, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. So she missed the day the other day because why? She had to leave early from school, right? Yeah. What did she have to do? Get her mer- her marriage permit. Yeah. Her marriage permit. And then you had a sub, right? Permit. Yes. But you didn't, you didn't like her, did you? No, I did not like myself. And what did Dad allow you to say about her? <laughs> you can tell the listeners. I, I can't. Bitch. You thought she was a bitch? <laughs> yeah. And because why? What happened? Because I, my water bottle was like it's metal a little, so it fell. It was my, my water bottle was metal a little bit. It mm-hmm. fell right on my finger. It hurt. It hurt it. And she said, you'll be fine. Not to saying like, oh, are you okay? She didn't care at all. No. She just blew you off. So anyway, so in the C group, we're going to read the news. We'll go over the matches. We'll talk about Hulk's match. We'll rate it. And then we'll read some emails and answer listener questions at the end. Is there anything else on your end for this episode, Paula? Yes. Okay, what's up? Football players do not pretend to be sick or hurt. <laughs> the Saints got a lot of injuries, huh? Because they were pretending. Yeah, got to tough it out, don't you? Wrestlers don't do that. Nope. If no. they're pretending to be sick, they're fired. Yeah. Vince McMahon don't play, did he? No. If one wrestler is this... <laughs> they're out. <laughs> they're out of there? Right out. <laughs> Sorry, you're fired. Sorry, you're fired. Hulk Hogan never does that because he wants to win. Yeah. If Fuji should, he pretended to be sick. Yeah, remember that episode? Yeah. Yeah. But, of course. It was a setup. Yeah. So, Bishop Man didn't really believe it. Right. Because he had to patch everything. Yeah, that was on Saturday Night's Main Event, too, right? Yeah. Because it was a setup for Bobby to be down there. And then King Kong Bundy and Big John Studd, they avalanched Hulkster, didn't they? Yeah. And hurt his ribs. It, yeah, and we were literally eating rib today. Yeah, we did have ribs today. <laughs> but not Hulk's ribs. We're not Sika. Only no. Sika eats the the live stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Bones, 
Yeah. Nobody likes bones. No. All right. Do you want to tell the listeners we're going to be right back? We're going to be right back, and I might join. I might. If not, you'll be back on the next episode in two weeks. Yes. Yeah. Which we should be able to do together because of Columbus Day. And I promise I'll be on this. I I promise I might want to just, I'll stop it and say hello. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter, at sports underscore caster, or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-Inch Podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast, at 24-Inch Podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod. Twenty-four inch podcast season two episode two, the big return, and we just welcomed Paula back to the show, and now it's finally time, as everyone's been waiting, for me to proudly welcome. My friend down in Sopranos Town, USA. I didn't forget it. Hollywood Dave Rollins. What's up, Dave? How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? Twenty-four inch podcast. What's that again? <laughs> we got to re- remember. Yeah, we, we, it feels like a fresh start. Yeah, this head of mine is so filled up with so much stuff from this summer going on, but here I am. I'm back, Jack. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to hear your voice, and I'm glad to get back into the uh, podcasting deal here. Uh, I've missed it. I, I, I feel comfortable already sitting here being back and like we said in the first segment with dave's new job and new schedule we're going to try to work it out as we go sometimes it'll be paula and i alone in the first segment and then we'll bring dave in in the second sometimes it'll be like normal we'll be dave and i in the first and dave paula and i in the fourth it's all going to depend on schedules we're just going to take it episode by episode and um, as we go we'll adjust as we need to but we're not going to put too much pressure and any one thing or anyone, we're just going to kind of get back in, get the wheels going, get some episodes out. And if Paula and Dave are together on a show, great. If they're apart, they're apart. So tonight is an example of them being apart. Um, and it's good to have Dave back. And Dave, I remember back in school, like first, second, third, fourth grade, I used to love the first day when the teacher would write on the, uh, write on the chalkboard. Uh, what did you do with your summer vacation? So what did you do with your... 24 inch podcast hiatus well this this, this is going to be a long winded <laughs> so get ready so get ready for this this summer had its ups a lot of good ups a lot of good highs a lot of good downs brother a lot of singing oh my yeah, a lot of singing a lot of partying started off uh with the, you know everybody knows you know besides hulk hogan and i'm not even gonna say professional wrestling i'm a hulk hogan fan and you know 80s wrestling 80s wwf fan and um, besides that, uh, Motley Crue, I'm a fanatic, and they had their big summer tour, and it went great. And I felt like a proud papa there because I was like the oldest person. It wasn't like those metal know-it-alls anymore there. It was everybody, I guess, from the movie on Netflix. I mean, not everybody, but I mean, a majority of 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, and just loving it and loving 
Hollywood Dave Rollins and, you know, and my antics. And I had different groups of friends for both nights, went in New York, went, went in Philly. That was great. Kind of started going wild this summer out, out in the bars doing, doing my thing. And then boom, I got to put my dog down. The beloved Ruby. Rest in peace, Ruby. Little, yeah. Thank you. He's no longer with us. She's made some barking appearances right here on the podcast. And it was hard. It's my third dog in my life is the, the hardest one. I don't want to bring everybody down and get into all the details now, about I, it. But man, let me say this, Dave. I'm not necessarily a, guy, a dog guy. Like I didn't grow up with dogs. Like Tammy did. Yeah. And uh, I think dogs are like kids. Like I love mine. I don't necessarily love anyone else's. You know what I mean? Uh, Ruby, notwithstanding. Uh, but um, I don't think it's worth it. If it was up to me, yeah. I wouldn't go through it. I know people who are dog people say it is, but like, I don't know. When my grandma died, that was awful. I wasn't like, man, I hope I can get another grandma so I can go through this again. Yeah, it's ter- yeah you know that's what, I mean? what I'm saying. People yeah. keep saying adopt this, adopt that. No. I mean, it, it, it's, it's being selfish. If I go adopt some nine-year-old German shepherd, get attached to it two years from now, I got to go through the same thing. But th- this one, man. We, you know, we were nursing her. Yeah, you, know, you, and, you, you, and get, you gave her, her an extra six months, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah without I mean, you, she, she would have went earlier. We, I mean, everybody says it, but we were, me and her were very, very close. I don't even want to be home anymore. I want to. That's why I'm always out at the bars and out carrying on to forget about it. That's how I ever get up in the morning thinking she's going to be there. I come in thinking she's going to be there. And it's uh, it's very difficult, to say the least. But um, hey, what are you gonna do? Life goes on, right? Yeah, and you got a new job, which is why we kind of got well, our schedule well, screwed up. To well, not the same, same job, job, new place, transfer. Yeah. yeah, new place. The demolition, my building down, like Axe and Smash are coming to take care of it. And uh, I thought they were gonna <laughs> leave me there. So they weren't telling me where I was going. Or anything, They're recording the new pile driver video before. there. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold Skolan taking a dump in the yeah. uh, porta potty. It's gonna be the side of the <laughs> new pile driver video. Uh, the penthouse magazine. The um, you're also a TikTok star now. You're a TikToker. I am a TikToker. I gotta <laughs> give credit to uh, a very dear, close personal, longtime friend of mine, Ron Simone. I do some uh, bumpers for his real estate business, and um, he came around and had me doing some. So I got put on TikTok. I'm like, hell, you know, I heard of it, of course, but it's perfect for me because let it, set aside all the political what people think about it, whatnot, but. It's, you know, almost takes me back to MySpace when you had your own theme song on the page and everything. It's kind of like that. A lot of, a lot of music-oriented, orient, sing-along the songs and stuff. It might be. It's probably just a fad. Pro- you know, I'm ready to get a little tired of it. I got flagged today for a, uh, having a <laughs> knife in a, in, a, in a Michael Myers video. So, um, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, I'm, uh, if you want to follow me on TikTok, it's, uh, what the heck is it? Hollywood Ruby. Two three seven, Dave Rollins thirty two. I have two names. One's on the top. One's on the bottom. I have no idea why. Now Paula has been <laughs> Paula has been evaluating some of these TikToks, and she says you, you need a lot of work still. Yeah, my little niece says the same thing too. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and me, me and a couple of my friends, or a couple of my chick friends, uh, you know, we're, we did a threes company thing, and we thought we were going to have like you know. Uh, ten thousand views on it. Yeah, and you stuff. have ten. The same, the same old stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not ten. You know, a couple hundred, right. two hundred, three hundred, four hundred every time, and uh, we're starting to get a little sick of it. But uh, you know, it's good. It's something to get the, keep the mind off of the the stress and and, harmless and the hardness. And, yeah, yeah, the hard stuff in life. Yeah, exactly. Harmless fun. And we had, you know we had a little TikTok party the other day, and um, yeah, just party, party, party. 
a lot of that. I'm 42 years old. Uh, I think it's time to take a little break from that soon. <laughs> but, um, we'll see. All right. Well, it's good to have you back. It's good to be doing this again. I wouldn't do it without good to you. Hear from you. Yeah, I wouldn't do it uh, without you, you for sure. Um, and uh, all right, let's get into the, let's get into the flow. And um, of course, we're covering the Saturday night's main event season premiere uh, back in October of 1987. You had the exact date, Dave. I know I mentioned it in the first segment, but well, yes, it was recorded on September 23rd, right, 87, and it aired, I believe, on October the third. Right. 1987, it's about a week and a half old. Yep, and we'll get to uh, more about it in the next segment. But let's start with uh, let's start with the arena. Uh, and we did go. I think we did do one other show that was here because uh, I remember talking about the fact that I worked the hockey school there. But it's the Hershey Park Arena. We'll just go over it real quick. Um, a multi-purpose indoor arena located in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and uh, it seats about. 8,000 people or so, and it's one of the oldest um, arenas in North America to this point. Uh, they broke ground in 1935, and uh, it opened in 1936. Um, in October 13, 1953, the arena hosted an extravagant birthday celebration for President Dwight Eisenhower, whose farm and weekend White House was located in nearby Gettysburg. Fish performed and recorded their show on December 1st, 1995, which was later released as a live album entitled Live Fish 12195. Um, on September 22nd, 2012, the arena played host to its only wedding. It was held at Center Ice. Uh, basketball teams uh, played there, the Philadelphia Warriors. Um, on March 2nd, 1962, Philadelphia Warriors center Wilt Chamberlain recorded a record 100 points in an NBA game against the Knicks, a record that still stands today. Wow. Um, Will Chamberlain, is he the one that has it? He has another record, too, I believe. Or yes. Am I thinking of someone else? No, you got the it. Biggest sports yep. guy. No, record you, with women. Yep, yeah. you got it. He's got HDR beat. Yep, yeah, yeah. He's got me beat by a couple thousand, too. Oh, you've, been, you've been married for how long? <laughs> yeah, well, true. Uh, the, but uh, 9,346 people were in the arena for that. Uh, there was a fire... That damaged the arena in the day after the 4th of July, 2012. Um, it burned for two hours before it extinguished. There was some roof damage, but they fixed it. Uh, currently, it's the home to the Lebanon Valley College ice hockey team. That's a D3 ice hockey team. Uh, in addition, they, the arena hosts the Hershey Junior Bears, a youth team. There's a new arena there, which is kind of next door, um, which is called was originally called the Giant Center. I don't know. Those corporate names come and go. Okay. Yeah, if it's still the Giants. I saw the crew there in 09, Saints Los Angeles tour. Yeah. It's a nice arena. It's a nice area. I was telling Paul about it today, how there's the amusement park is there. The Hershey um, Chocolate Factory is there. The football stadium is there. The two arenas. It's a real built-up area. Yeah, Um, DeMotto saw the the stadium tour uh, there. Yeah, I seen Pearl Jam there in 2003 at that football field it's not a great venue for a concert because it's so wide it's a weird football it's like a high school football yeah field, and it's one of those places where we thought going to there that we had really good seats but then when we got there the seats weren't as good as we thought because it's just it's so wide that we were so far to the left or to the right i think it was to it the right wide, yeah yeah because it's so wide but um a really historic building like i said i i did a hockey school there and um, the uh, there was a guy working there that was kind of like our liaison, the one that 
we would go to if we needed like a closet opened or whatever. He's like the man there, you know? And he had been there for years and years and years. So I talked to him about wrestling being there and he had all kinds of cool details. He showed me where the, um, you know, where the wrestlers would, would, where the locker room would be, where Hulk's locker room would be, you know, where they would walk and how they would get to the uh, thing. He showed me all kinds of yeah, cool like, stuff. Also that guy, one, yeah, one of our listeners. Yeah, go ahead. Chizad, yeah, mention that. Chad, Chizad, Chad. It's been so long since I've been involved in any of this stuff. His name is Chad Chizad. I've known him for uh, quite a few years on social media. Never met in person, but he, his dad knew someone that owned a gym that had a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend's uncle, and he was always backstage there. He's got the Hulkster coming down the Amazing aisle. Amazing pictures, yeah. Yeah, Bad News Brown, everybody. Blue Blake, Owen Hart, you know, using the payphone, Andre, all kind of amazing stuff. This was like the home. This really was after they stopped uh, doing the tapings in um, Mid-Hudson Civic Center, Poughkeepsie, and in um, London, Ontario, and stuff. Even though Superstars and Saturday Night Event were going to all different arenas, this was the, the most frequent that was used. So it almost seems like you know yeah. three times a year there was some kind of taping at, at I, this arena. I think I heard that Vince liked the way it looked on TV. Oh, those blue steps, really, really yeah. nice. Yeah. Really pop, absolutely. So a really great arena, like I said, we've covered it before, and I'm sure we're covered it again because, like Dave said, uh, there was a lot of tapings there in this era. All right, uh, the family, right? The um, the famous Samoan wrestling family. Uh, we see one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the big members of it today. Uh, Sika is Hulk's opponent, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce all these different names. Um, but he, I'm just going to call him Sika and leave it at that. But he was born April 5th, 1945, uh, an American Samoa professional wrestler, half of the tag team, the Wild Samoas. Uh, my number one uh, uh, Sika thing is the movie Body Slam uh, that he was in with uh, yeah. Dirk Benedict of A-Team yeah. fame. And it's all kinds of wrestlers in it. It's kind of like a movie that they made based on rock and wrestling kind of. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, took the idea of Quick Rick. Yeah, yeah, just a great movie, and he stars in that. But we'll go over his bio a little bit. Like I said, he was born April fifth, forty five. He's still alive, uh, seventy seven years old. He's born in American Samoa. He has five kids, including the man, the number one man in yeah. professional wrestling. Don't let a smart tell you otherwise, but acknowledge him right now, Roman Reigns. Even yeah. though I don't watch any current wrestling at all lately, since. God, I think the last thing I watched was WrestleMania. Yeah, the last thing I, I seen, I was in the hospital watching Stone Cold shit and texting with you. That yeah, was the last thing I, I seen. Just zero interest. I wish I could have bring interest back, but I'm almost embarrassed of it, to be honest with you, to do it because of the fans. But that's another story. Yeah, it's just, it's not our day, right? I always say this, that um, David Shoemaker on the Sportscaster said, wrestling exists in people's past. And, uh, yeah. you know, it, it for us, it exists in our past, this era, that's what we love, and if you if you compare what we grew up with with what there is now, it's just it's it's apples and oranges, really. Um, no, every everything's just about backstage stuff. Who they release? Who's this? Who's mad at this one? Who's it? It's all a work. Everything. Already, they know how to use social media to their advantage. But uh, that that that's what makes people interested, I guess, and gets the clicks. But that's another story. Sure, six two three nineteen. Uh, build from the Isle of Samoa. Uh, trained by Kurt Von Steger and Afa, um, who, of course, is another family member. Um, he's one of 13 children. 
And at the age of 14, he moved to San Francisco. Shortly after, he enlisted in, in the United States Merchant Marine, working on ships selling to the Philippines and Japan. Uh, he did that till 1969, working as a stevedore before becoming a professional wrestler like his older brother, Afa. Um, 73 or so, he debuted. Um, throughout the 70s, uh, him and his brother were the Wild Samoas, and they appeared, appeared in promotions like Big Time Wrestling, uh, the CWA, Gulf Coast Wrestling, NWA All-Star, NWA Mid-American, uh, World Wrestling Council, winning multiple tag team championships. In January of 1980, the Wild Samoas debuted in the World Wrestling Federation with, who is their manager? Captain Louis Albano. Captain Louis Albano, yep. Uh, okay. Quickly establishing themselves in a force. Um, they, he had his first championship match as a single, uh, challenging Bob Backlund in March of 1980. And then they defeated on April 12th, 1980, Ivan Putsky and a good, another very dear, close personal, longtime friend of mine, Arriba. Yes. Tito Santana. Tito Santana to win the tag team, uh, championship. Um, their reign lasts until August 9th, 1980, when they lost the belt to Backlund and... Uh, that's got to be Pedro Morales. Correct. At the showdown at Shea. Uh, Both, uh, I, I think, well, Backlund obviously was the world champion. Pedro may have been intercontinental at the time. Uh, don't don't quote me on that. You know, don't... If anybody knows out there, let, it, let me know if uh, Pedro was intercontinentals. I think it was like they had all the belts, like, kind of deal, but obviously before my time. Well, on September 9th, 1980, eight days after I was born, on an episode of WWF Championship Wrestling, uh, they the Wild Samoas defeated Tony Gurria and Tony Gurria and um, Rick Martel, Rene Goulet. Oh, Rene Goulet is a good guy. Yeah, in the finals. Now, here's what you were thinking: in the finals of a tournament, their second reign lasted until November 8th when they lost to Gurria and Rick Martel. So you had in the right track there. That was the main team. Yeah. yeah, and then they left the WWF in December of '80. Uh, they competed in New Japan, Mid-South, Georgia Championship Wrestling before coming back to the WWF in 83. They stayed there till 85. Um, they won the WWF Tag Team Championship for a third and final time on March 8th, 1983, defeating Cheap J. Strongbow and... Uh, uh, is it Billy White Wolf? Jules Strongbow. Oh, Jules Strongbow. Yeah, okay. Sounds made up. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that was his partner. <laughs> Does sound made up, though. Uh, yeah. After splitting from Albano, Albano, <laughs> Captain Lou, after splitting from Captain Lou, uh, the Samoas challenged the Soul Patrol on several occasions but were unable to regain the championship. Um, Sika challenged in April of 84, Hogan, in one of his earliest title defenses. Yeah, they eventually, they, lo they definitely lost the titles to the Soul Patrol. On TV, yeah, November fifteenth, nineteen eighty three. I skipped that. They lost yeah, them. Yeah, the solid oak, yeah. solid oak chair. McMahon kept pushing that hard, and that looked that looked like it hurt. I mean, I guess it was gimmicked a little bit, but bang, you know. I talked to I talked to Tony Atlas about that, and he uh, he said it was real, of course. You know what I mean? But um, and then he sucked your yeah, feet. Solid. <laughs> wow, hey, wait, babe, brother, that's supposed to be a secret. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, kayfabe, kayfabe. kayfabe uh, yeah. <laughs> from 86 to 88, uh, with Offa basically retired, Sika began a singles career as managed by the uh, the Wizard. Uh, he spent several weeks undefeated before losing to Pedro Morales in November. 
On 87, he formed a tag team with... Uh, the Ugandan Headhunter. Yes. Mighty Kamala. Kamala. One of my favorites. Yep. Mr. Fuji and a handler were the managers. Uh, Kimchi, of course, was that handler. Uh, the duel wrestled a series of matches against the Can-Am Connection, took part in several tournaments. Uh, they were dissolved when Kamala left in 87. Um, in September of 87, Sika competed in the King of the Ring tournament, losing in the first round to... Tough one. Well, these are the house show King of the Ring. Yep. That, yep. that people, in hindsight, try to act like it's part of <laughs> right, right, right. the actual King of the Ring. And yep. It's not. There's so many podcasts that, that do this. It's not. It's a Providence, Rhode Island thing they would do do there right so exactly. i have no idea sd jones no sd jones yeah, oh my god yeah <laughs> he's working with hogan on saturday's main event yep october that's 3rd <laughs> 87 that's the next thing uh he challenged hogan in the main event went on to wrestle some matches against bigelow and jake roberts at the slammy awards ceremony on december 1687 the song of the year category ended with no winner after sika ate the envelope Complaint. You gotta hang out with Sika the next morning when <laughs> yeah. he shits it out to find out the winner. Uh, in '88, he regularly wrestled guys like Leaping Lanny Poffo, George Steele, and Hillbilly Jim. And on March 27, 1988, he appeared on his first pay per view competing in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania 4. Um, and he left after that. Um, yeah, yeah, and that was uh, basically the end of his career. He'd wrestle, you know, here or there. Karma. Yeah, wrestle here or there, this or that. Uh, on March 31st, 2007, the Wild Simones were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame by Sika's son, Matt, and Afa's son, Long, long Simone. overdue. Yeah. Too late for them, 2007. They also I mean, appeared they... in 2020 at the Hell in a Cell to celebrate a victory by Roman Reigns. Did not know that. Yep. He's married to Patricia. They have four children. Currently separated, though. Of course, uh, Joe is the, is the main man there. Um... And yeah, that's uh, it's a pretty good, I think, rundown of the life of Sika. Paul, is, we talked about it earlier, but Paul's always a big fan um, of his eating habits, whether it be the um, the chicken, like on this episode, or the oh, giant, the, raw fish. the giant sub roll with the yeah, with big the mustard. mustard can. Yeah. Um, so Sika, really good. I mean, obviously from a historic family, a historic wrestler, you know, well deserved Hall of Famer. Interesting career. Oh, Some yeah, interesting one, one stuff the there. Lots of interesting names. names that came up, you know. Um, uh, really good stuff. So that I always is... wanted to get like uh, I always want to get like if I ever have like two cats or two goldfish, something and name Alpha and Sika. Yeah, yeah. That just works. You should name your maybe your testicles. Oh, okay. I forgot about that. Yeah, you could. It could be the three. Mister <laughs> Mister <laughs> Fuji could be the uh, the main the main man, and then you know, and the each testicle could be uh, one of the guys. No, that's just uh, it's Fuji's cane. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, Dave, each podcast we take a minute. I take a break. I relax. I sit back. I have a sip of my drink, and I let Hollywood Dave Rollins shine in a segment that we like to call "Where Is Hulk?" So, Dave, where is Hulk in October nineteen eighty-seven? Your favorite easy chair. Get everything you need from the fridge. So get ready for this. Uh, we're not going to do October '87 uh, oh, okay. because You're do September because it was taped in September. Sure, we fair enough. Really, yep. We have cool stuff here. Go for and it. I looked at October and it was kind of random, but this stuff I'm going to start on August 29th. 
at the famous Baltimore Arena in front of a sellout of 12,000 fans. Listen to this. We have a WWF champion, Hulk Hogan, teaming up with none other than wrestling's only living legend, Bruno San Martino, oh. to defeat the team of King Kong Bundy and the one-man gang. And to my knowledge, this is Bruno's last ever wrestling match. I know I saw him ref a match between Savage and Flair at a WCW house show in um, the Paramount and at Madison Square Garden in the 90s. Uh, I, I don't know if he wrestled in any kind of indie stuff, but this is definitely his last WWF match. He wrestled the night before at the Paul Paul uh, Bosch uh, Houston uh, big show against Hercules. And then they, they must have flew over to Baltimore and Hulk and Bruno. There's one picture of it somewhere. You can find it online of them. Bruno did the pose with him. I know he wasn't the biggest Hulkamaniac out there, but to see those two posing in the ring together. Yeah, that's sweet. It, it, it kind of takes me back uh, at WrestleMania 30 when they had Hogan, The Rock, and um, Stone Cold in the ring together toasting. Right. Bruno was still alive and he was there. I, I think he should have been a part of that as well, but. Maybe they're worried about people might not know, you know know who he was by that time, but I think that was a, a misstep there, they, or at least they should have acknowledged him. All right, next day, uh, August 30th at Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens. Not the Make Believe Gardens, the Maple Leaf Gardens. In front of a sellout of 16,000, Hulk Hogan over the big 70, 747, a one-man gang. September 1st, Vancouver, Canada, PNE Coliseum. Listen to this. The Macho Man, Randy Savage, freshly turned face, subs for WWF champion Hulk Hogan, defeats the one-man gang. Now, I don't know the reason for this, but I do know Hulk is wearing a black knee brace in uh, matches in September that that were televised. So I'm thinking maybe he uh, tore, tore something in uh, Toronto the night before. But uh, Macho Man subbed for it. Very rare that Hogan would get subbed out. I'm sure they did the refund deal. They would have had to in 1987, but uh, I'm not sure. A couple days later, September 6th, Cincinnati, Ohio, Riverfront Coliseum, matinee. Only 4,000 people show up to see Hulk Hogan take on the Mongolian giant, Killer Khan. That was, uh, uh, by the way, the first match I ever saw live in the Meadowlands in August, a month, month before this Hogan and Khan. September 12th, Boston, 14,314. Hulk Hogan once again over Killer Khan. September 15th, Peoria, Illinois, 9,000. It's a WWF Superstars of Wrestling TV taping. Your dark match main event is Hulk Hogan over the one-man gang. September the next day, September 16th in Rockford. 6,800 Wrestling Challenge taping, Hogan over Killer Khan. September 17th, Kansas City, Missouri at the Kemper Arena. Listen to this match. I would, that I never even saw, knew that this happened until I was doing my research for this show. Hulk Hogan over the King Harley Race in a steel cage. And now only 6,000 people there. I mean, I'm a big Harley Race fan, but come on. If you're supposed to be this big thing, Kansas City, everybody was pissed off about this, about that. WWF taken over, but it only draws 6,000. So, um, you know, maybe if you had Hogan and Gang in there, it would draw, maybe drew him a little more. But uh, it's a lot of a lot of um, hindsight going right. back and. Um, yeah. And uh, these and wasn't two. there a new gas station open that week or something? Too? Yeah, or something? yeah, yeah. Narratives, narratives flow and flow and flow with wrestling, but that's why we're here. September 18th, Philadelphia Spectrum, only 9,000. Hogan over Killer Kong once again. September 19th, Buffalo, New York, Steve Bennett's backyard. Yep, I was at there at the Memorial Auditorium. Hogan over Killer Kong. Okay, so you were there that night with the 
They, I, it's the same finish that all these. He, he yeah, was ducking the. That ref, was the, the return. Dispute him. Is that the um, the the night that Steamboat lost the belt? He spit. No, that was in that was in June. This right, was, uh, right, right. In June, yeah. when Steamboat lost the belt, he got the shit oh, spit the in his face, and this was the return. So they probably announced that this was coming up. Yep. You were there. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Night uh, from Steve's backyard to Hollywood's backyard. September 29th, Madison Square Garden in front of 19,745, a sellout. Now, this day, I remember going to Mickey's Music in Belleville, New Jersey, brother, and picking the first thing I see is the Pile Driver album standing right at me and having a Pile Driver album playing it, watching this live MSG show. Hogan and the one man gang go to a double count out. And now we're expecting Howard Finkel to get on the microphone and announce next month here at Madison Square Garden. And no, they did it at Nassau. It's one of the few times, maybe they were testing something, where they didn't do the return in the garden. The, three, the one, two, three, they did the, the second return at Nassau with the gang. And then finally in the Meadowlands in the cage was the third. So they were, I guess they were trying something new out there. Very interesting. Uh, then finally we get to September 23rd. It's our show, Hershey, Pennsylvania, Saturday night's main event, sellout 9,000, Hogan and Sika. We'll be talking about it in a little while. A rating on NBC of 9.7. My God. I mean, come on. They would kill for that. The guys from the, uh, our great friends, Scott and Justin from Place to Be Podcast, I did catch some of their show and the latest show. And they were talking about when they revamped Saturday night's main event in 2008. And in even 2008, wrestling was better than it is now, but it was a one-point-something on NBC. Unbelievable. Not even close. Unbelievable. Absolutely. At 1130 at night, too. I just want to throw in one more thing. Two days later, uh, that Friday, uh, September 25th, uh, The Princess Bride was opened in theaters with none other than the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. Nice Andre, as Paul. That's it. Yeah. All right, good job, Dave. Oh, but yeah, nice Andre, and he was nice Andre um, when he did the, uh, you know, he did some of the morning shows, did some of the rounds there at the time. Yeah. He, he he played nice. All right, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dave and I are going to read the news. We're going to go over the show. We're going to focus on Hulk versus Sika. We'll rate the match, of course, but we'll be right back. Let's take a break, Dave. You ready? Ready. All right, we'll be right back. This is Sika, the Wasamoon. Like all my men, he's a savage. And he'll eat anything. And tonight, you will devour Hulk Hogan. Eat, 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 eat. <laughs> you can eat all the chicken necks you want to seek, uh, but you won't be able to take a bite out of these 24 pythons. Tonight, the hunter becomes the hunted as you cross that great territorial divide and enter my jungle. Four inch podcast back getting going Hollywood Dave we had Paula earlier uh, and now it's time Dave for something very special uh, something near and dear to both of our hearts that I've missed very dearly in our hiatus Dave it's time to do the news
right, buddy. Here we are. The news, October 1987. We're going to go th- with October. Uh, and we're going to start with October 1st. Fiji, one of the great countries of the world, their constitution was suspended, Dave, on this day. Really? From uh, Jimmy Superfly? Still got anything to do with this? I believe he did, yes. I believe he went down there, spoke with the people, and said, we got to suspend the constitution. Allegedly. So, allegedly. Allegedly. Um, the w- Remember that. Smarks. An earthquake shook the San Gabriel Valley, registering at a magnitude 5.9, also on the 1st. Uh, when John Tentis sat on Hogan, it was an it was 8 or a 9 on the Richter scale. Yeah, much, that was a much more serious earthquake, actually. Much yeah. bigger, yeah. Uh, October 3rd, San Diego catcher Benito Santiago, MLB rookie record of 34-game hitting streak, ends as the Padres... Snap a nine-game losing streak with a one-nothing victory over the. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're asking me, as someone as someone like the Mets or like oh, close, might... close, the Yankees, the LA Dodgers, LA Dodgers. All right, all right. Uh, also on October third, the USSR, those dirty Russians, performed an underground a nuclear test. Uh, oh, man. All right. Watch that Borisukov down there. October 4th, The Last Emperor, directed by Bernardo Bertolucci and starring uh, Joan Chen and Peter O'Toole premieres at the Tokyo Film Festival. It won Best Picture in 1988. Is that one of those boring Star Wars movies I know nothing about? <laughs> no, it's oh, not. Okay. Uh, Sounds I, like it. <laughs> it does. October 4th. October 4th, Jesus, the first scab Sunday of NFL football with replacement players as a result of the player strike, uh, chiefly, chiefly related to the expiration of the 1982 collective bargaining agreement. Uh, players will return later and we'll mention it. But, Dave, can you name what NFL coach was a quarterback, scab quarterback for the Chicago Bears? No, you can't. In 1987? But it's Sean Payton, Super Bowl winning coach uh, for the New Orleans Saints. Um, Let's see. What else do we got here? Only only quarterback I know by that name is Peyton Manning. (laughs) (laughs) October 9th, the Japanese bank buys Lady McGill stamp for $1.1 million. So Japanese banks, big and collecting. Oh, Mr. Fuji, have stamp now. <laughs> Sika. Sika, eat, eat. <laughs> October 10th, Columbia Record. This is a favorite of Dave's. Releases Bruce Springsteen's eighth studio album called... Uh, we're in 87. Uh, that's got to be what my favorite Bruce Springsteen song is on that, Brilliant Disguise. Uh, the name of the album, though, is escaping me. Tunnel Is it really discussed? Tunnel of Love. Tunnel of Love. Yep. And then, then next was he released two albums at the same time. Okay. A couple of years later, I think. Um, uh, Lucky Town or some bullshit. I don't know. I, I, I just um, I think he's an asshole. Do I like his music? <laughs> yeah, to a point. I don't like his music as much as I like Billy Joel's music or Elton John's music. But I like his music. I like Billy Joel more, but probably like... Him better than Elton. Uh, October 10th, Hartford Whalers center Doug Jarvis ends his NHL playing career with a record 964 consecutive games as the Whalers lose 6-2 to the Rangers. 
Uh, October 11th, 200,000 March for Gay and Lesbian Civil Rights in Washington, D.C. Hollywood Dave, of course. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. This is 1987, not 2022. That's right. Hey, progressives. Yeah, wow. October 12th. Is my text coming through right now? Uh, Let me check. You got a text? Is it ruining our show? Uh, Maybe. Um, My apologies out there. October 12th. My text. I'm a popular guy. The 21st annual Country Music Awards were hosted by, I'm not sure, but Hank Williams Jr. was a big winner that night. Uh, October 12th, George Harrison releases the single, Got My Mind Set On You. Whoa, I love that song. His, I, could, I could karaoke that one, brother. Yeah, I got my mind set yeah. on you. Remember the, the video had all like, oh, yeah. like uh, hunting deers mm-hmm. talking in the background, like mm-hmm. animals on the wall? Yep, his third, which, uh, his third number one hit and the last chart topper by any of the Beatles. So this is the be, last... I mean, to go back for a second, I, yeah. I have nothing against uh, gay people. Oh, and, no, me and, neither. And, and right, was... that, without a doubt, without a doubt. I just, that sounds like something that would have been back then. That, that, that's all I meant by that. So oh, yeah, I didn't think Apologies that, to all our, our, our gay uh, 24 inch podcast yeah. uh, fans and friends here. Everybody's welcome to here. We're all the same. We're all one, brother. 24 inch podcast is for everyone. Um, October 12th, the Minnesota Twins beat the Detroit Tigers 9-5 to in the ALCS game number 5 at Tiger Stadium for a 4-1 a series win to go on uh, to the club's first World Series. Um, we'll find out who they play, I'm sure, shortly. And we will do it right now. October 14th, the National League Championship Series, the San Francisco, St. Louis Cardinals beat Dave's father, San Francisco Giants, in seven Whoa. games, four games. Uh, two, three. Um, yeah, he liked he. He must have had um. Was that was that some kind of a pennant game? Did you say? Oh there? yeah, that or was the NLCS. The NLCS to win to go to the World Series. All right, so the pennant. Yep. So uh, win the pennant. He, he, I I don't know if he would put a sign on the house for the pennant for, if they were in a World Series. Absolutely, and then of course for the football New York Football Giants as well. The but gi- he, he he would go ahead and do it for the California team. Uh, we never got the house egg during. Like that. The Giants win the lose the NLCS this year in '87, but win it in '89, um, and play the A's in the historic that, World Series with the earthquake and all that. And that's where we got John Tenta from. That because right after that is when they did the angle with uh, him coming out of the crowd and right. with the sit ups on the Ultimate Warrior because mm-hmm. that big earthquake at the uh, World Series. You're not gonna hear that in any other podcast, brother. But that's where the, that that's where they got the idea for the name Earthquake from because it was right after that. The earthquake in uh, Oakland. Follow, um, following yeah. up on the earlier one, it's October 15th now, and the NFL Players Association ends the 24-day strike. Uh, they failed to achieve their demand short-term with no uh, bargaining agreement in place. October 15th, the Great Storm of 1987 hits France and England. Uh, October 16th, 338... Uh, Million five hundred thousand shares traded on the New York Stock Exchange, a record. Uh, also on that day, a big one. Uh, defending champion Mike Tyson uh, beats Terrell Biggs in a TKO in round seven at the Convention Center in Atlantic City. He retains the unified heavyweight back and so I only say a big one because unless you lived it, you don't realize how big the Mike Tyson championship fights, fights were back then. Just unbelievable they were like, events. They were like. Uh, 
uh, Hulk Hogan matches, but for adults. Yes. Even uh, though even though the, the adults were into the wrestling too, but they kind of did it with their kids, and but they liked it too. But th- th- these were gigantic, mm-hmm. gigantic events. And um, I, I'll never forget the Michael Sphinx one. That that was real quick. Yeah, eighty nine seconds. The, the, yeah, the shocker with with Buster Douglas mm-hmm. in Tokyo. Uh, never forget it. Just just how these just how these wrestling moments you don't forget. But stuff after a certain date, forget it. It's not the same anymore. October seventeenth, the first indoor World Series game is played at the Minnesota Metrodome. Uh, also on that day, U.S. First Lady Nancy Reagan undergoes a modified radical mastectomy. She caught that when she was on different strokes. She did, yeah. And when oh. then Mr. T sat on her lap, uh, or she sat on Mr. T's lap, because uh, he wanted to, so, so you know, soothe her. Um, October October nineteenth, we gotta get one of these in every time for longtime listeners of the show. Anything goes. Open at the Beaumont Theater in New York City for eight hundred and four performances. Now, besides being the worst song on Appetite for Destruction, what is that? <laughs> it's a play. <laughs> uh, October 19th, my mom's birthday. Uh, the U.S. warships destroyed two Iranian oil platforms in the Persian Gulf. Uh, also on that day, Woody Woodward resigns as New York Yankee GM. Lou Pinella is named GM, and this wrestling-related man is named Yankee manager for the fifth and final time. Who is that man, Dave? I was getting um, uh, text doing that. I'm sorry about that. Say it one more time. A Yankee manager. Okay. So Woody Woodward resigns as the Yankees uh, GM. Uh, Lou Pinella. Oh, from WrestleMania, WrestleMania 1. Yeah. What's his name? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a brain fart, but I, I know his name. The, the greatest. Uh, New York's own. Billy Martin. Uh, Billy Martin, of course. <laughs> he died in, a car, died in a car crash on uh New Year's Eve, right? A few years later. Rest in peace. Yeah, I, I yeah he to... was bombed. And mean Gene went to see him yeah, at, at a yeah, bar. Yeah. And he was there with he was there with some hot flight attendant throwing back some some beers right there with Gene. It's one of the funniest things I I've ever seen in wrestling. That's what's missing now. Yeah. Stuff like that. The vignettes, the fun. There these guys were like your drunk uncle. Well, they were like your drunk me now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now everything's just so cookie cutter and the same, and these little whiny little people, CM Punk, and oh my God, what happened? Well, I like to think that Billy Martin's petting the beautiful Ruby in heaven, looking down at us, speaking his name right now. I love to hear that. I'd love to hear that. She might nip at him a little bit too, so you be <laughs> careful. October 23rd, France performs a nuclear test that. Someplace in France, and I'm going to try to say it. Also on that day, the U.S. performs Grenoble. a nuclear test. Not Grenoble, no. Uh, the U.S. performs a nuclear test at a Nevada test site. So lots of uh, lots of um, testing of nuclear weapons here in October of 87. October 25th, the World Series ends. It's the Minnesota Twins who beat the St. Louis Cardinals in six games at the Metrodome. Or excuse me, they won 4-2 to two at the Metrodome for a 4-3 Series win in a franchise first. MVP of the series was Twins pitcher. I'm not even going to bother with trying to get you to guess this one. You'd never no, get it. No. Frank Viola. No. Uh, oh, I knew that guy. I know Frank Viola. I know his cousin. <laughs> yeah. You had it right on the tip of your tongue. I I, I blew it for you. You would have got it. Uh, October 29th, um, Thomas Hearns wins an unprecedented fourth different boxing weight title. Um, Hearns, one of the great boxing stars. Of the era, October thirtieth, Faith, the Hitman, 
Faith, the album, the album Faith debuted by George Michael. It's released um, on October 30th as he broke away from what the Culture Club was that his? No, uh, Wham. Wham. That's right. Okay. What's your feelings on uh, George Michael? I don't mind him. I think he's got a beautiful voice. There's a clip yeah. I love on. First of all, I love his Christmas song. Let me start there. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, and then secondly, there's a clip on YouTube. You can find it. Uh, Every time you go away, that song, he's singing that with the singer. What's his name? Paul something. Um, and on drums, Paul is, Simon. No, uh, on drums. Oh, oh, singer of Every Time You Go Away. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, I'll, I'll think of it in a second. But yeah. on drums is great song. Phil Collins. Um, John Paul Jones uh, is playing bass. Uh, Eric Clapton is on guitar. Uh, like it's just an unbelievable uh, collection of uh, musicians. And uh, George Michael comes running up. And I guess the song had already been played, but it was the only one that they both knew to sing together. Um, and they, they did an unbelievable performance of it. Wow. And isn't it crazy that he passed away on Christmas? I know. I know. I remember, I remember, I remember uh, while he was still alive, I guess it was on my Facebook. I put on December twenty sixth. I put so far nobody gave away my heart today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The very next day you gave it away. Yep, 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 yep. Thirty five likes. Uh, Thirty five. Good. Yeah. Nice job. Viral. Well, for back for back then. Yeah, that you was were a lot. You were viral. Um, uh. the singer of course was Paul Young. I don't know why I couldn't uh think of his name of every time you go away. Up, uh, playing strings and automobiles at the end, right? Right, exactly. And um, when they're carrying a suitcase. Yeah, so again, just to say it one more time. So, uh, bass. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think I said John Paul Jones. The bass was Mark King, level 42. Uh, guitar was Eric Clapton and Mark um, Knopfler. Uh, Phil Collins was drums. Piano was Elton John. And then, of course, the singers, George and Paul. So, an unbelievable collection of musicians, a couple of whom I'm sure I bought. Wow. Names, it's almost like but. the uh, reminds me of the Traveling Wilburys a little bit. Yeah, but a really big event. It was like a um, a benefit concert of some kind out in England. Um, all right, and then the, the month ends October thirty first. American jockey uh, Chris Antley becomes the first rider to win nine races in a day. Uh, so if you were at the track and you're just going all in on Chris Antley, you, you cleaned up. Uh, he won four at Aqueduct and five at the Meadowlands. Um, right near where Dave and I watched football about one year ago this time. You say NASCAR at the Meadowlands? No, horse racing. Oh, horse racing, I'm sorry. Yeah, jockey, uh, Chris Antley. Uh, and then also on October 31st, 1987, um, Steve dresses up as He-Man uh, in Halloween events in Buffalo, New York. I'm surprised they noted that here, but... Uh, I'm glad you brought that up. This yeah. is the one only time I won. Skyler School, Carney, New Jersey, I was a mummy. And it was wrapped up in, in I don't know, it's, I couldn't breathe. I was wrapped up everywhere. Everybody kept calling me a mommy. That was like the big joke. I got, it got old really quick. <laughs> and then, yeah. And in the bars, uh, uh, one time in like 2006, 2007, there was this old lady named Carol that would hang out with us all the time. And you know, I got a big kick out of her, and we got close. And I was her for Halloween. I would imitate her and do a real good job. And I should have won. I came in second. And I threw my purse down, and that was like the funniest thing in the world. Like me dressed like this old lady, all pissed off that I didn't win. <laughs> so when I went to Northwood Elementary, 
uh, I would always, there would be a big Halloween party with a costume contest. And I would always think I was going to win with those plastic costumes with the mask. Yeah. Like, I would be He-Man or whatever. And I think I had a chance. And then we get there and there's all these kids with these costumes that are overachieving parents built. So one year, me and my mom were like, we're going to try to do that too. And I was a bowling ball. We put me in like a big black paper bag and we stuffed it with paper and wrote Brunswick on it and some finger holes. That's pretty I, wild. Yeah, I got third place. But I was happy. It was better than not getting anything. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. That's the news for October news. 1987. All right, Dave. Let's dig into it. Saturday Night's Main Event, Episode 12. Um, again, this aired October 3rd, 1987 from Hershey Park Arena in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Attendance, 9,000 people. We got some dark matches uh, to speak of. Dave Leap and Lanny Poffo defeated Steve Lombardi. Uh, Scott Casey defeated Tiger Chung Lee. Uh, the Dream Team, which had a Tiger nice... Chung Lee uh, still uh, doing well. He was just with uh, Holster at the uh, beat shop. Oh, yeah, recently. I did see that. Or, I'm sorry, yeah. Hogan's Hangout. Yeah, That's like the least thing you expect to see. Like, yeah. what? Like, how cool is this? Tiger yeah, Chung Lee. Saw that picture. Yeah. The Dream Team, who had a nightmare at the Rosemont Horizon at WrestleMania 2. Uh, this is the Dino Bravo and Greg Valentine version, of course. They wrestled the Rougeau brothers. It ended in a draw. And then the Magnificent Morocco defeated Bob Orton. And finally, Ted DiBiase uh, defeated Hillbilly Jim, who was wearing the boots that the Hulkster gave him. You always got to wear those boots, brother. Granny granny approved. So we hit the show. Uh, We're back on NBC. It's the new fall season. Uh, We get promos from Honky Tonk, uh, Savage, the Danger Zone promo. Uh, Bundy and Heenan, Sika and Fuji with the famous chicken, eating the chicken. And then Hulk Hogan caps him off. Uh, we go into the arena where it's Bobby Heenan filling in for Jesse Ventura. And I heard that one of the re- big reasons that Ventura came back after being away here is because NBC was really upset that he wasn't there for these shows. Uh, yeah, people confuse that. That was actually after WrestleMania two when he went to do Predator. Heenan did that one, the May of 86 one, uh, was Hogan and the Junkyard Dog against the Punks. Uh, they had the Haiti kid with him. It was that time where Jesse was gone and Magnificent Morocco was doing the um, Right, where Fuji fake being shop. sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that, no, that was, that, was, that was a few before that. Jesse okay. was there for that. Okay. But this, this whole stretch of time after WrestleMania 2 when Jesse did the whole thing about wanting to unionizing and mm-hmm. apparently Hogan, Hogan ratted him out, out. Yeah. out and all that kind of shit. So he, he was gone then, and then when Bobby did that Saturday Night's Main event in May of 86 is when they wanted Jesse back. This one, Jesse just did the Superstars taping. There was, st- there was no green screen then that I mentioned, which was like two days before this. So, uh, you know, he was there in the arena. So it must have been maybe he was doing Running Man or something. Uh, this was just a one. A one. He was around at this time. Okay. It was that other one. Pe- people tend to confuse that. That's why we uh, have you. That's why we hired you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Did you check in the mail, brother? Yeah. Uh, Vince trolls Bobby about having no champions in his stable because, of course, we have three championship matches tonight. And I always loved how they always would, in the beginning of Saturday's main event, make a big deal about the championship matches because back then we didn't have as many um, on TV or, you know, there was less pay per views, obviously, at this time. So this was a good chance for them to have three um Three uh, championship matches. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gene is chatting with Honky and Jimmy Hart 
Uh, and he demands to enter first, saying it's because he wants the fans to see him as soon as they can. Uh, and they talk about the title defense as well and are confident, as always. Um, Hockey Talk Man says he was going to steal Liz from the Macho Man uh, tonight. Uh, we come back in genius with Liz and Savage. Macho again talking about the danger zone here um, and says he's going to take back the Intercontinental title. Um, this feud rages now. We got Honky and Savage. It's in full force. Um, and they have a really a good match. Um, going back and forth early, obviously. And then one of the things I always loved about Sarah's main event is the way they would find a break in the action to take a commercial. And what they did during this match is uh, Jimmy Hart got got a, a lesson taught to him uh, by the Macho Man. And the Hart Foundation came down because uh, that was their meal ticket. Uh, and they came yeah. down to rescue Jimmy. And the three of them took him back to the ring. We go to commercial. And as we come back, uh, they're returning without him. Uh, but the Hart I love Foundation. That it was just, I love it. Just, it was just a punch, too. Because that's what it would really be. Yep. You know, nowadays, they yeah, would have flipped them all over the place. Yep. and ripped his clothes off and everything else. Just a shot to the jaw, you know? Yep. So uh, eventually, uh, Macho Man goes to the top rope in all his glory. Cameras flashes all over the arena. Arms up in the air. He drops the elbow. Beautiful, gorgeous elbow. Center of the ring. Honky Tonk Man is done. We have a new Intercontinental Champion. One, two, and then uh, Brett breaks up the pin. Uh, for the DQ to loud booze, a really, really good match. It's almost as good as any match ever um, on Sto- Saturday Night's Story, Night. brother. Yeah, so let's story, stop story, there. Let's story. stop there for a second. Just react to the match for now. We'll do the angle next. But what's your reaction uh, to the match itself? I think it's a top uh, top five Saturday Night's Main Event match. I think even more than that, I might have to go top three. Okay, could be. I'd have yeah, to think about some- it. Yeah, think about it. Uh, Tito, yeah. Tito and Mr. Perfect in 1990 was excellent to the point where Tito was a jobber to the stars, but they made me think that he's going to win the Intercontinental title for Mr. Perfect. That's how good of a match that was. So that's there. And, of course, you got to have uh Hulkster match. I just got a text here from – I probably shouldn't say who it is, but it's, it is a female in the wrestling business, but I'm not going to say who it is. Um, I'll tell you off air. Okay. O- only because she might not – Tori Wilson. Her name mentioned. Uh, uh, no, someone yeah. a little bit older than that. Uh, Stacey um, Keebler. No. No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Dark Journey. Okay. That's who that was. But okay. <laughs> um, I I hope she doesn't listen to this. Uh, that, that, she likes to send me memes and stuff like that. She's a lot of fun. Uh, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? I just got thrown off there by. Uh, well, we were just talking about, about dark, the match itself. Like, what was your. What was your. What was your impressions of the match? And then we'll get to the end. Well, angle. Savage at the time, I mean, there was a little thing where he confronted Jimmy Hart in um, in the locker room because Honky Tonk Man was saying he was the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Savage was starting to wrestle faces on the house shows. But, I mean, it really wasn't, you know, he wasn't really a face yet. So when I was watching this, you know, I, I didn't know what to think. I almost didn't know, do I want Macho Man to beat him? You know what I mean? After all he's done to the dragon and all yeah, he's done to I, I wasn't willing to forgive him yet at all. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was too soon for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about a seven year old. I'm not talking about me now. That right. Yeah. I was seven at the time but, and I yeah. wasn't ready to forgive him. It was yeah. too traumatic for me. So it was kind of like, 
But I was no Honky Tonk fan either, though. But I think Macho Man could kick the shit out of this guy, you know, wrestling-wise. So, yeah, I probably thought Macho was going to take his belt back right here. But then maybe, you know, screw Hogan or, you know, attack somebody. I wasn't sure yet. But um, as the match goes on, then he starts getting, you know, outnumbered. And then you start getting sympathy for him. I go, oh, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, I'd like this guy now. Now I feel bad for him. So now I have the, now I have the sympathy for him, and I'm I'm getting behind the Macho Man now, and I'm I'm into this match uh, very much, and um, my God, then just to, to the point that that we're, and I love that the Hart Foundation came out because they really weren't aligned on TV. The the Hart just because they're all Jimmy's guys. Yeah, this is they where really, they really you know, kind of formed yeah. the the bond between the yeah, the family. You really didn't see see much of that on. Uh, on TV, you know, Hearts did the tag team style. Honky was was IC, and you know, in, in in our in our day, Honky, even though he won it in June, is still kind of fresh, and uh, you know, still kind of fresh win. Uh, it's only you know, it's only September, October now, and um, just excitement personified, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, in this match. And you know, Hearts come down, and you know, here we go. I mean, we get, let's let's get to the biggie. Okay, after the match, the Hearts keep laying in the boots, and then they hold up Savage for Honky Tonk to taunt him and slap him. Honky Tonk Man then grabs his guitar. He's going to play one of his hits, Dave. Um, mm-hmm. And he's about to lev- level Savage with the guitar, but Liz jumps in front of him uh, to protect her man. Honky almost hits her, but pulls it back. They're, he's demanding that she moves, and when she refuses, he shoves her to the mat. And oh my god, I remember almost losing my shit watching this at home. Uh, yeah, Honky Tonk. It was the next day, of course. I had to tape it. Um, I didn't watch this. I watched Fuck this one. No, the next not day. me. Yeah. Fuck no. I was put to bed. <laughs> yeah, my, I was. Well, that, that's why I'm. That's why I'm in the shape I'm in today. Yeah. If but I was at my dad's house, if I was at my dad's house, I would have been able to stay up. But I was at my mom's, so she made me tape it, and watch it the next day. But uh, so he throws her down. Uh, he dances and he gyrates over her. She runs away and Bobby's cracking some great one-liners. See you later, toots. And she's out of there. And he... They try to say, I don't cut you off. They try to say like that Dick Ebersole, you know, who's NBC, who, who yep. run this whole thing. They were like pausing it in the studio, trying to see when her, when her dress, when her strap broke, if they, if they could see anything and stuff on, on Liz, you know, because they had different camera angles that yeah. we got to see on TV. I wish. Um, <laughs> uh, Hogan. All right, so Honky Tonk hits Savage with an unbelievable uh, guitar shot. You could see the dust from the guitar kind of blow up. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's over funny. His head, yeah. Um, and then a huge pop as we hear some rumbling in the crowd, and then they see it. It's Liz has grabbed Hogan, and she's bringing him down. Um, initially there's a little bit of beat down, but they recover and clear house with Macho uh, as Liz. And this is why this is why Hogan's the goat. This is why it's great of all time. When she has his hand and bringing him down, he's looking around like he don't know where he's going. Right. What are we doing? Why? What? Yeah. Why? Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not involved. Just looking at the crowd. Then he looks at the ring and his eyes bulge and he sees what's happening and he goes, "How could anybody not love that? How?" It's amazing. It's ama- his connection with that audience. That's what that is. It's not fourteen Hudakan Radas. It's not twelve German suplexes and all these stupid names. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. That look. 
that he was looking at that crowd like, what? 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 Why am I here? What, what do you want me to do? Then he sees it and his eyes bulge and he goes in. Amazing. So Savage and Hogan eventually kind of meet as they clear the ring. They turn around and there's this moment of tension. You know, are they going to hit each other? What's going to happen? Savage extends his hand and Hogan shakes it. Vince flips out, practically orgasms on the mic. A tremendous historic moment. Uh, the He's started, orgasmed a few other times as well, I hear. Yeah, the start of the Mega Powers, Dave. But you want to clarify a little bit here. Oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, a, a lot of people, you know, the narrative is they sink back. They do, you know, they do the interview with Mean Gene later, you know, the world's colliding. Oh, yeah, the big Mega Power handshake, brother. But these two really are disconnected. They're not on the same Survivor Series team. Savage is doing the B shows with Honky while Hogan's doing the A shows with the gang or Killer Khan or even DiBiase at, at, uh, shortly after this. They do a couple of like six bands with Steamboat and like Montreal or somewhere like that. I think there's something on the uh, archives of that Sean Mooney thing where there's no commentary on all the dark matches with Hogan and Savage against Honky and the Harp Foundation. And Honky told me personally he doesn't know why they didn't go around the horn doing Hogan and Savage against Honky and the Hearts, that six man. And I go back to Honky. I go because excuse me. I go because they needed you at two separate shows. And he right. goes, "Oh yeah, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "This fucking guy knows what he's talking about." Yeah. So um, yeah, good point. yeah, that was funny. That yeah. was funny, and he, and he loved it. That I knew that. So, you, they needed you in the other in the other place. You can't all be in the same place, brother. Yeah, and he loved that. But uh, yeah, that's the reason. Then um, they Hulkam and uh, Macho Man did not reconnect on TV until uh, the Saturday Night's Main Event right before WrestleMania Four. So that's uh, very good. October, November, December, January, February, five and a half months, five months uh, later, almost half a yeah. year. Yeah. Uh, all right. So wow, what a moment, right? Uh, Gene's backstage with Sika and Fuji. And Fuji thinks that Hulk is tired and that Sika is trained and he's ready to win. Uh, and then Hulk comes out and uh, he talks and says, who says, who stays in the jungle? It is survival of the fittest and he's hungrier than Sika. All right. We're going to skip the match. We'll come back to that. Um, we'll come back to Hulk's match uh, in a second. All right. So after Hulk's match, uh, which we'll talk about last. Uh, Gene is with Paul Orndorff and Oliver Humperdinck, and I don't know what you think, but this is not a match made in heaven. Uh, Orndorff's a better heel always, uh, and Humperdinck. Oliver Humperdinck. And Humperdinck stinks as a face as well. Yeah. Um, it just—I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Now, it's a good idea for an angle, right? Let's have Orndorff take on the Heenan family. We're going to go to war. Um, he Orndorff talks some big game. He's not taking a second seat to anybody. Uh, Oliver says that Paul was tired of lying to the fans and Paul said he was tired of lying to himself and associating with a scum like the brain uh, and he's going to make the fat lady sing tonight. Uh, Gene is yeah. with King Kong Bunny who bullies Gene and is ready to defend the family. Now, I think it's a genius move here. They keep Bobby in the booth um, and Vince mentions it. Why aren't you down there? I think it's a mistake. It's a really good opponent. You should be there with your man. And he says, look, at, I know what I'm doing. And it just is a great, uh, it's a great subtle move because it makes Bobby look like a chicken shit. Like he doesn't want to be down there and he's worried about getting cracked by Orton, or Orndorff or something, you know. So I thought it was a really uh, kind of subtle thing. Um, not the world's greatest match, but the, the headline here is that 
um, Andre uh, comes down. He's the big surprise. Yeah, so he was being a chicken chip, but he's also using his brain. Yep, he was Look using his coming. brain. Um, and Andre uh, comes down and uh, really evens the score here now. Um, and, um, I, you know, I, it's it's not a classic match or anything, uh, but they both be, worked hard. And at 739, uh, uh, King Kong Bundy with Andre defeats Paul Orndorff. Oh, and mentioned just before, the Intercontinental match was 12-11. Um, yeah, and Andre Andre pulled the Orndorff tights in yep. the Avalanche. That was a, that was a really great finish. That's got to be a Pat Patterson uh, deal there. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing finish to use to use for the Avalanche. Yep. They never used before. He hooked his but tights, held him in the corner, and Bundy. Yeah, yeah. I can't stand Orndorff as as a face. Uh, a little bit with Piper, you know, eighty five, but you know, it it just doesn't work. He's he just he's such a bad guy. He, he is the bad guy, Mr. Wonderful. You know, it's yep. that's a tough one. Like, Morocco even has a better face than uh, uh, Orndorff. He's such a great heel. And I'm not knocking Orndorff. No. He's the greatest of all time. But he's such a good bad guy. Yeah, it'd be know? like it's, Steamboat being a heel. You know, some people are just made to be one or the other. I'd rather seen him, you know, if it's time right now, go to NWA and be a heel there instead of, you know, instead of being turned face. For the second time. The first time was fine. Because you got the big turn on Hogan, right? That was but a setup. Time, for that, yeah. yeah, the second time was kind of like, all right. They had a good idea, like I said, but like I like the idea of, oh, Bobby was the one who, who forced me to do all this stuff, and I'm going to avenge it, and I'm sorry. Like it's a good idea, it just didn't work because he's just not a great face. No. Um, the Hearts and the Stallions are next, but first Gene is with the Heart Foundation. And he chastises them for their sneak attack earlier. Uh, but the Hearts justify their actions and bitch about not having their manager for their match. Uh, but they're confident they're going to win anyway. Uh, the Stallions are out to crank it up. And Bobby says they stole the song from Jimmy Hart. And the Hearts uh, head out next. Uh, and Vince thinks that this uh, is the first time they've defended the belts without Jimmy in their corner. Which may or may probably not true. I'm sure there was at least a house show or two. Uh, where they had yeah, because Jimmy be Jimmy would be with Honky, right? At or or even uh, Adrian was uh, was still around when they had the belts. You right. know, he'd be with Adrian uh, with Piper in a main event somewhere. You know, in St. Louis, and the Hearts are in you know Nassau Coliseum without him. But I mean, whatever. Yeah, TV good to good there. to see the young yeah. Stallions getting a big match here. And Roma gets a power slam on Hart for a close near fall, uh, but the Anvil makes a save, and then as the ref is tied up with powers, the Hearts hit the heart attack for the win. Um, it was a short, you know, short match serves its purpose. I think almost as much as anything. And, and they got the win in four thirty-five. I think it was a chance to bring the hearts back out and have that interview with Gene, you know, as yeah. much as anything and to do another, um, you know, get three titles on the show, uh, but a fine match, you know, nothing and nice to get Roman powers. That's our nice main event NBC pay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Great, uh, great wrestlers around for years. Roma, another one that I've, had in-depth conversations with and that guy don't hold nothing back he's a true new yorker and everything he'll, he'll tell you anything you want to hear and then some uh i mean mario mancini are uh are, are good buds all right and, so, um, so next gina's with hogan and savage as they tease shaking hands as they talk about trying to figure out what is this all about hogan talks about realizing there's another universe out there with the madness uh savage is in shock but he's passed Reckless abandon and Hulk opened his eyes with an endorsement and giving him direction. 
Uh, Savage dubs them the Mega Powers, and they officially shake hands. And Hogan says they're going to the stratosphere and will take the WWF over as a team, but not for five months, as Dave said earlier. Uh, we check out the official premiere of the Pile Driver music video, which we talked about earlier. Um, it's great if you haven't seen it. Uh, look it up. Uh, Bobby brags about his Andre surprise, and we wrap up for the night. Not take me home tonight, though. Um, I do know what it was, even though ahead, I watched yeah. it on Peacock. Yeah, it is "Stand by Your Man." Stand by Your Man. By correct. Who is it? Or is it, that's not by Tito's sister, is it? Who <laughs> sings that song? Uh, Reba. Yeah, I mean, it might as well be, but it's probably not. But we could say it is. Stand by your man by Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. Tammy Wynette. Okay. Yep. I think my auntie used to mention that name a lot. Yep, your favorite. Um, yeah, so that takes us home. But we have more business because we always like to save the Hulk match uh, for last. So let's go back to that. It's Hulk versus uh, Sika tonight. And um, like I said, Paul always gets a big kick out of uh, his eating habits. A uh, big title shot here for Sika. Uh, so I throw in something, yeah. Steve, real quick. Sika is a replacement for Kamala here. Because he had left. He, Kamala, he, he did, did not want to lose because he was the territories, because Kamala would go here, go there, go there, you know, in that territories. And somebody got in his ear and said, don't lose. Big mistake. Get pinned on TV. Yeah, big mistake. And you're missing that NBC money. You're getting pinned by Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan at this time was on the level of Arnold Schwarzenegger and yeah. Sylvester Stallone. Big mistake. People realize that. Yeah. It's not like you're getting pinned by, you know, Coco Beware or something on TV. I go, okay, yeah, maybe you might not want to do that. But uh, I no, mean, Andre did the job seven months earlier. Like, you come yeah. on. You know, like, if Andre can do it, you can do it. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah, poor Kamala. Yeah, ridiculous. But um, I'm, a big, I'm a big Kamala fan. So, so, somebody was in his ear, Rest in obviously. Peace. But, Rest in yeah. peace. Yeah. All right. Sika's out with Fuji and Kimchi. Uh, and Hogan powers out to a huge pop, as always. And I mean, it was just a huge pop. Uh, Vince and Bobby debate how the previous segment would affect Hulk here. Uh, Sika starts by choking away off the bell and then kicks at Hulk. Uh, Fuji reaches in and chokes Hulk with a cane, and Sika keeps in control with basic strikes as Bobby compares Hulk to the chicken Sika ate recently. Uh, Sika misses a headbutt, and Hulk fires up and unloads, uh, knocking Sika to the floor. Sika returns... But Hogan is all over him with elbows and punches. But Hulk gets caught up worrying about the managers and gets knocked outside. Sika comes out, but Hogan runs him into a post. Hulk tries to use the cane, but the rest stops him. And Hogan shoves him off and then stomps around with the cane as we take a break. When we return, Sika comes in the ring, but Hogan dodges a charge and tries a splash. But Sika gets his knees up. Weird. I never, ever, ever before or after seen the Hulkster try to do a big splash. Yeah, probably because it didn't work. Uh, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sika got his knees up, uh, and he drops a headbutt and chokes away and then goes for a nerve hole, but Hogan hulks up here. Uh, Sika shrugs off a shoulder block and stomps away and lands a headbutt, but Hogan blows out of the cover and hulks up again to a huge pop. And I mean, this is a huge pop. Hogan slams Sika and drops the leg for the win and beats on Fuji and Kimchi after the bell. Um you know, kind of a standard paint-by-numbers Hogan match in a little way, but I, I mean, I remember loving it, and we watched it today, Paul and I, and she loved it. Um, she went nuts yeah. when Hulk was hulking up the second time. Uh, Hogan defeats him in 801, so they gave him a pretty decent amount of time here. Um, and look at perfect match, right? I mean, it's 
it's not a five-star classic by any means, but it's exactly what was called for on this night. You know, um, it's uh, it's Hogan with the, the odds stacked against him because he had, had to come out and take some boots in the head from the Anvil and Hitman. And uh, he's coming out, and Sika and Fuji are waiting for him, and they got kimchi there as well. Uh, but against all odds, he hulks up, not once but twice, and uh, slams the big guy, drops the leg. I'll give it 3.25 stars. A good, slightly above average Hogan match. Dave? I'm going to go a little less. I'm going to go 2.5 because uh, this is supposed to be Kamala, and if you didn't have the MSG Network or Nessun, which we were lucky to have, most people didn't. So Kamala would have been a huge threat coming off of Hulk, Saving Savage. Uh, Sika, who was already at this point a jobber to the stars, a year prior, this is October 86, when they were doing the vignettes with him eating the raw fish and he was first coming in with King Curtis Iakea, the wizard brother. You know, when they were coming in, if it was then, okay. But by this time, it was kind of like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's not a chance in hell, even as in my seven-year-old mind, that Sika's going to take uh, Hulk's belt. Um, you know, so th- that's, that's why my, my rating's a little lower. I remember my grandma being, um, uh, we were at my aunt and uncle's house watching this, being a little, because the way Sika looked and everything, and I was already, but it's time, I mean, I'm not worried. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's interesting because you're usually a little bit above me. I wonder if having the experience of watching it with a seven-year-old today, six-year-old, um, I wonder if that put me a little higher. You know what I mean? Because we had such a good time watching it together. Maybe that was something to it. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah. I was worried with Ultimate Warrior, and I had a reason to be, with, you know, um, Andre, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamala at the Garden. Oh, man, this. Those ones, those, some of the Macho Man, you know, the God the Gardens, stuff like that. Um, and there's a DB, anytime DiBiase, because you never know with the money who he's going to pay off, you know, with, with Zeus and the Boss Man. But this one was just Earthquake, like Earthquake, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's no chance. All right. Well, I want to thank Justin Rosero uh, and Scott Criscolo from the Place to Be Nation podcast for the notes. Uh, organizes some of those notes uh, for us. Make sure you check out. Uh, the place to be nation flagship. I was on show 608, uh, maybe a month or two ago now. Um, if you want to try to look back for that one. Uh, all right, Dave, we still got some work to do, buddy. We got to take a break when we come back. Uh, we're I gonna... got some work to do in the bathroom, so we need to take that. Yeah, break. we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We'll do some plugs. We got some emails and we'll let you know what we're going to do on the next 24 inch podcast. So, uh, you go take a piss. I'll change the tape and we'll meet right back here, brother. You got it. Inch podcast. One last segment tonight. Our triumphant return after a long hiatus. Uh, thanks to my no good 
Dirty Heel colon. Uh, but we are back. We had Paula earlier. We have Dave now. Just a little bit more business to do. First, let's do some plugs, Dave. Don't forget to Am check I out. Am I no good, dirty, rotten addictions and partying and deaths and concerts and right. everything that's bad? Every, that too. Uh, you can find the Sportscasters. <laughs> that too. The Sportscasters podcast on Twitter for information at sports underscore casters. Find all of the episodes on the SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash sports dash casters. Basically the exact same spot you find this, you'll find that. Uh, you can email me, the sportscasters at gmail.com. The last episode had Jay Mariotti on, who's an absolute nut. And he's off his meds and ranting and raving about everything sports related. Wild. Uh, yeah, check him out. Uh, he was on last year and uh, we kind of talked about his downfall. He was on ESPN around the horn and he got me too way before me too was a thing and got canceled and he really has fought his innocence and um, he's an insane incredible interview um, and he's on the latest episode coming up uh, Joe Madden the manager of the Cubs 2015 championship team uh, that broke the curse of the Billy Goat uh, will be on Taylor Dunn um, who else is coming up Pablo Torre uh, lots of good stuff coming up on the nice sportscasters. Nice list. I enjoyed your uh, Brian Gewertz. Yeah, and he'll be back too this fall to talk about the new show about the territories. So he's booked for yeah sometime in October. Uh, at GF, him about a thing or two. At GF Allentown Pod on Twitter for greetings from Allentown. Find out what uh, Keithy and Peter are doing. Ninety two WWF stuff. The place to be nation mentioned him earlier. Uh, they got the four different feeds, uh, the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed. Those are the OGs. Yeah, the Place to Be Nation pop feed, the North-South pod network, and Jenny Position. At Jenny Position, shout out to Jenny. Don't forget to check out the 24-inch podcast on Twitter, at 24-inch podcast. You can email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com, uh, and we'll be posting this podcast. Hopefully, we're getting to a nice rhythm here, and we'll do it bi-weekly. Yeah, we'll uh, also have an Instagram, probably... Probably has cobwebs on it. Probably. Yeah, hopefully we'll get so Dave long. to dust it okay. off and yeah. post yeah. on there. And then we also have the Facebook group. Uh, you can find us. Just search 24-inch podcast on Facebook. Ask to join, and and uh, we'll add you on there. It's a nice place. We kind of we kind of really didn't stop with that. Like, no, lots of memes and memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah stuff. Right. We kept our stuff alive. Yeah, nice group there. So hopefully we can add some more to that. All right, Dave, you got any emails or any questions or anything from the regulars on your side? I got one over here. Why don't we start with what you got over there? I've got a couple. Uh, well, first off, Kevin Hogan, who texts me every week. His text is, what else? That's like my thing in the bar. I ask somebody, so what else? It's like a way to bring up conversation. Some people get it. Some people don't, but he loves it. What else? And it all come back to when's the 24-inch podcast coming back. <laughs> and for a while, it was... Well, Steve's not up to it. We tried something, and it was feeling well. Then it turned into, I'm going wild. You know, uh, Motley Crue's on tour. My dog died. I'm a drunk. You know, and all. You know what I mean? All, all, all kind of honesty uh, coming out. And, um, but, but he never stopped, and we appreciate that. Yeah, well, uh, Kevin, Kevin. Rogan. Yeah. And um, he has a wild question here that uh, uh, actually I had to call him. He had to call me for me to understand it, but that's probably because my brain's mashed potatoes. But here's his, here's his question. Guys, welcome back. I hope you guys fire off a bunch of episodes to make up for the lost time. Here's my question. <laughs> here's my question. Obviously, the 80s were a different time. But how did the cell 
one half of a prominent tag team getting a shot at the WWE Championship. How did they sell? Back then, when the tag team member would get a shot at a title, did you really think they had actually a chance to win? Well, I had to tell him on the phone that Sika was not with Afa at the time. Right, he, right, he, right, he was right. a singles wrestler. Right, sure. Um, but I know what he means. It's an easy, it's an easy, yeah, I, I know what he means. It's an easy mistake to make. I'll bring it back to when Bret Hart defend the title against Fatu from the Head Shrinkers, another okay. Samoan, on uh, Monday Night Raw when Bret first won the title in March of 93. No chance on hell that Fatu is going to, you know what I mean? No. The tag team guy, they, they did it when TNA was pretty good, when Hogan and Bischoff were involved. I used to, I used to watch it every week. They, they gave one of those skinny jabronis uh, from Beer Money. Uh, one of them's in the WWE now. I can't remember his name. Bobby Roode. I think they gave one of them the belt. But, I mean, that, that's current, more current day. Back then, no. A tag team guy is not going to win uh it's yeah, not gonna win title, one thing so. they would do a lot with some of the house shows when they'd have two or three going, if the roster is a little thin, you'd get a lot of matches where the tag teams would split up. They'd be in the same building and they they both do a singles. But they uh, do have the hearts all the, the yeah. hearts all the time. Yeah, the hearts did that yeah. a lot, probably just because of the Brett skill had, of Brett. And, yeah, Brett had his own feud with Bad News Brown for you know quite a while there. You know, the Adam will be off doing his own, you know, working with somebody else. But yeah, another I, mean, I agree with you on the odd chances that they would have a match. I would always think, I know if I'm talking kayfabe here in my, my young brain, I would think this guy doesn't wrestle this way. He's not a singles. He, he's, a, he's, he's outmatched here. It's like, you know, um, uh, it's like a, a hockey team playing without a goalie. You know, they're, they're used to having the goalie back there. How, how are they going to win a game? Yeah, they might have six guys on the ice, but they don't have a goalie. They're not used to playing that way. Um, so, yeah, I'd never believe that they had a lot of chance in the match because I would just, in my mind, I would be like, these are tag guys. And that's what that's one thing I liked about wrestling then is I viewed certain guys as tag guys. But then you could come back from that. It didn't mean you were one forever. You know, like Tito went from being a singles guy to a tag guy back to a singles guy. You know, Brett obviously toggled back and forth between. So it wasn't a death sentence or anything. And tag team wrestling up, was huge yeah. back then, too. You know. That Tito, though, you never know with him. He's, it's so, he's so good that he was jobbing everybody with that Mr. Perfect Saturday Night's Main event in July of 90. Boom. What a match. He, he, yeah. Even like I was saying, when I was seven, I knew there was no chance Seek was taking Hulk's belt. Now I'm 10. But I'm like, holy shit, this is so good. I think fucking Tito's going to win. You yeah. know, that, that, that's yeah. how good he is. Yeah, and 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 of course Kurt Henning as well. It was like Tito's, you know, '86 Masters. You know, for people who yeah. are golf fans, you know, the last time where Jack Nicholas he's passed his prime and he hasn't won in forever, but he has that perfect weekend where everything goes right and he wins another Masters. It's like it happens in sports. You know, sometimes someone who's been down for so long gets up and they have the perfect, perfect. Even Tiger Woods' yeah. Masters win. What was it? 2019, I think, when he. Uh, won it again, um, having that perfect weekend coming back. So and they 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 threw Tito a bone, maybe because of that Saturday Night's Main Event match because it was right after that Survivor Series that um, Grand Match Survival. He made it with Hogan and Warrior standing next to those two. You know they had, they had to have somebody take a fall there, but it was Tito. Yeah. You know what I mean yeah. in there. All right, I have one here, Dave. I have one here from a longtime listener, uh, Joseph in Denver, Colorado. There's a, a band I like, Dave, called the Sheila Divine, and they always talk about how uh, they're big in Buffalo, Boston, and Belgium. 
right? Just some random country. I think it's the Motley Crew of, uh, not to mention yeah. bands of Motley Crew of areas. It's like the three Bs, they call it. And yeah. uh, they're popular in Boston because they formed out of the the music school there. What's it called? The um, Oh, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, there's this, a big music school in Boston. They kind of formed out of there. Then they're popular in Buffalo as the singers know. from Buffalo. They got a lot of support here for My that. favorite musician ever is Vince Neil. I know nothing about music schools. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dream, the- Dream Theater also formed there. A lot of bands have formed out of this uh, music school. Why can't I think of the name of it? Um, but anyway. Three, B, three Bs if you want to hear those. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the, sports ca- yeah. the, the sportscasters uh, has a lot of listeners in Buffalo, New Orleans, and Denver. Uh, Buffalo because I'm – Berkeley College of Music is the name of it, of course. Uh, Buffalo because I'm from here. Denver because I did a podcast with Adrian Dater, who's from Denver. And New Orleans because of the Saints tie-in. The adorable uh, Adrian Dater. Yes, the adorable Adrian Dater, exactly. <laughs> uh, shout out to Adrian. Good dude. Um, absolutely batshit crazy as well. Um, and I say that lovingly. Uh, but uh, one of our Colorado listeners, Joe, says, Steve, welcome back. I've enjoyed you on the Sportscasters. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for Dave and Paula to join you for a 24-inch podcast. Don't really have a question. Just wanted to welcome you guys back. Hope for the best. Hope for health. Uh, best to Dave. Best to Paula. Best to Steve. Thanks, Jeff. Right. Thank you. I need it. Yep. All right. You got anything else? Um, you had a comment from someone or something, right? Chester Dzikowicz, yeah. Uh just want to let me know the day they taped this, September 23rd, is the birthday of his son, the great Steven. Yeah, I stole, his, I, uh, I stole his promo. I said that was for my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steven, we, it's like the opposite. We, He's the kid, but we drag him to meet the wrestlers, and he's like standing there like the adult. It's like, he's like, oh, I don't give a shit about this. You know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> fucking poor kid. And uh, Steven's a good kid. Um, he's, 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 when he's out with me, he's very well behaved. Doesn't beg for, you know, you know what kids can be and nothing like that. He's a good kid. So shout out to Steven. Just had his birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Uh, yeah, birthday, Steven. How dare Tim Mangione not welcome us back with a comment or a question? Tim Mangione did not How dare he? Yeah. How dare he? It's either all or nothing with him. It's either he bombards you with texts that I can't keep up with and I'll miss out on something important because there's so many texts from him that you can't keep up with it or, or it's nothing. So How dare we love he? you, Tim, wherever you are. Well, yeah. thanks to Tim for arranging a nice cameo type message from uh, a wrestler that he sent me right before my surgery in February. Thanks to Tim for that. And uh, I want to thank also Tim for spending a lot of time with Dave on his last two uh, visits to New Jersey. <laughs> uh, it's really good of you to keep up with your friends. So thanks to that. Yeah. And uh, as a punishment for not sending a question, uh, Dave and I are going to demand you scout out a location in LA, which we'll name at a later moment. Um, because I don't have that. anything thought of. Because remember, we demanded he go to golf and stuff, and he did. Uh, he did go. He yep. Did so, go. so he owes us one now. We'll we'll talk yeah. off the air, figure it out. Uh, and he'll be he'll be excited to when when this drop when uh, you know when this is released. Yes. He'll be very excited. Shout out to Tim. All right, uh, that's it, except for one last piece of business, and that's the next twenty four inch podcast, Dave, which will be approximately two weeks from now. Uh, we're recording on Thursday night. Uh, it'll go up sometime Friday or Saturday. Uh, And then the plan is in two Thursdays from now to record again, and it will go up sometime either late Thursday night or Friday or Saturday sometime, depending on how quick I can turn it around, when Paul and I tape, when Dave and I tape. There is a holiday coming up, um, Columbus Day, 
Uh, October is going to be uh, Italian Heritage Month, which is really big. Uh, yeah, I got my big St. Gerard's Dave. Feast here, yeah. in, here in North New Jersey. So hopefully maybe that Monday, Dave, Paula, and I can find 20 minutes to record together maybe. We'll see how it all goes, but uh, that's basically what the schedule is going to look like. We're going to try to record every other Thursday uh, and have it go up sometime between Thursday and Saturday. Uh, and Dave, two weeks from now, what will we be covering on the 24-inch podcast? Well, in case anybody hasn't noticed, we're very patriotic right here at the 24-inch podcast. And we missed a couple of the big patriotic holidays because of our hiatus and different things. So we're going to take you back to Memorial Day weekend of 1987. And it's Hulk Hogan in a non-title match against none other than the crafty ace, Cowboy Bob Orton, on the Superstars of Wrestling. It's, a very, it's Hulk's first match on the Superstars of Wrestling. Now, he wrestled on Championship Wrestling, but when it got revamped, this is his first match on the Superstars of Wrestling. And it's a really cool match. It's a, it's a, a lot of uh, men, but the way Hulk comes down the aisle, I don't want to give too much away. There's a lot of good stuff there. And, of course, you know, Bob Orton, one of the all-time great technicians, a man deemed with excellence of execution even before Bret Hart, the yes. father of the Viper. The ace. And I want to say this, too. Um, oftentimes when I'm sick and, and I end up NPO, which is what they call it in the hospital when you can't eat or drink. You have to rest your bowels. When you come out of that, uh, you look for comfort food when you're eating, things that you're familiar with, things that are easy to digest and take in. It, it, it's easing back in. And that's what we're doing here with 287 shows. You know, 87 is a big year, and it, it's, uh, it's a good way for us to, um, uh, to ease ourselves back in. So we'll definitely, so. Yeah, we'll definitely do that um, in a couple so. of weeks. There'll probably a lot. A lot of other cool angles going on at the, on that Superstars. Yeah, we'll go over WWF it all. WWF at the time. I believe it was taped in Anaheim at the convention center. Could be wrong. But we'll, we'll figure that out for sure next time. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that means, Dave, we're... we're... I don't want to go this day. Usually I'm a li- Not that I don't want to... That I'm ready to leave. But usually I'm a little burnt out. But after all this time, I kind of want to keep going. Yeah. The, I want to kind of want to do the next show now. Adrenaline is pumping. Right. So what's going to happen yeah, is when the when the lights go off, Dave and I are going to keep posing in the ring here. You know, the I'm going to go drink a 12 pack. I pa- don't know what you're going to do. Pay-per-view time <laughs> is up, but we're going to keep uh, posing to the man upstairs who I as a kid always thought the there man. was an actual man upstairs. Yeah, now, he's up there. Buddy. I did not get the God reference. I thought that girl was literally talking about a man upstairs that maybe controlled <laughs> the music or the lights or something. I always, yeah, yeah. I always wondered who that guy was. But at least there's only one thing left to do, Dave. And that is to ask our listeners to say their prayers, eat their vitamins, and tell their friends about the 24-inch podcast. Brother! Brother!